Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. On March 9th, we celebrated World Kidney Day. Chronic kidney disease, or CKD, affects about 37 million people in the U.S. That is more than one out of every seven people. The national waiting list for an organ transplant is about 104,000 people. And by far, the majority of those waiting are on that list for a kidney transplant. The good news is, however, more than 25,000 kidney transplants were performed in 2022. That's the most transplants in the history of the kidney transplant procedure. But when you're facing dialysis and you're on that waiting list, it may be of little consolation. Hi, you're listening to episode 120 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber kidney recipient, and LifeBank staff member. On this episode, we are talking with Brendan Coakley, who is one of the individuals on the National Kidney Waiting List. Brendan, thank you so much for talking with me about your situation. Hi, Colleen. Thank you. Can you give us a little bit about your background and when you found out you had kidney disease? Well, I'm... uh... 58-year-old probation officer in Cleveland, Ohio, and I've had kidney problems since uh, late high school in 82-83. It was simply uh, blood and urine, creatinine levels and blood levels they trace in uh, urinalysis and your standard doctor visits. And when they see those unusual levels, they start to look more closely at the kidneys. And I was never really uh, taking it seriously. I just knew that I had to keep peeing in a cup and never 
thought that it would progressively get worse to the point where I would need dialysis or a transplant, but here I am today. That's the thing about kidney disease. People don't realize they have it. It's really a silent kind of progressive disease for myself. Yeah, I, for myself, I know I didn't know anything until I was 21. And, you know, I basically had CKD my whole life and never knew it. So, yeah, it's, it's mm. a sneaky disease, that's for sure. Yeah. Where are you on the transplant journey now? Um, I'm grateful to uh, the national donor list. They've accepted me about a month ago. And uh, unfortunately, a gentleman passed away just two weeks later. And I got the phone call at three o'clock in the morning saying, somebody with your blood type has passed away. We have his kidney on ice. Please rush down to the Cleveland Clinic and get your blood drawn and x-rays and such. We'll see if we can give you a transplant. So it was really a surprise and too good to be true is what kept on going through my mind. So we waited for five or six hours while Dr. Wee, uh, the surgeon, took a closer look at that kidney that was uh, on hold and it was not in good enough condition to put into my body. So they notified me at about 11 in the morning that I had been waiting in vain and that's called a dry run. And uh, so I know exactly what to expect if I do get called in uh, again, but that was a real frustrating uh, first experience. Yeah, those are really hard. And normally if we have an organ, um, they call two or three people in. Because, you know, the organs are so precious. If something's wrong with that first best match, then they would offer it to a second person that it just may work better. And so those are really, I I can understand that. Those are very frustrating and discouraging, really. But the fact that you got the call is is something to hang on to. That means you have great antigens and hopefully you'll get that call soon. How does living with kidney disease affect your day-to-day life? You mentioned you're a parole officer. Is there anything that it interferes with as far as your job or your home life or your family? Well, especially with the pandemic, COVID gave a lot of news about people with kidney disease are immune compromised. And you've heard stories about the jails and many people on the criminal justice uh, situation are uh, higher risk of COVID. So I was granted uh, the luxury of being able to work from home four days of the week and um, come into the Justice Center every Tuesday to see my probationers. So it's affected my work in that way where I'm doing most of my work from the telephone and by Zoom screen. And it gets to be a real busy Tuesday when I do go in in person to give everybody a personal um, visit. But I want to thank the Cuyahoga County Courts for allowing me to be able to protect my health by staying home like this. I didn't even think about that with the prison population. that They were um, high risk. My goodness. That's a kind of a scary thing, right? It is. But um, I think the vaccines have made a big impression on the country and so far so good. That's yeah, all I can say. I agree. I agree tremendously with that. Have you noticed your energy level going down or are you tired a lot more? Um, Does it affect, like I said, your, you know, just your regular day? Yeah. Tell me to watch out for, you know, excessive fatigue and metal taste in my mouth and uh, nausea. If my kidneys get that um, poorly functioning, uh, there may be a point where I'll 
start to have to consider dialysis. And at this point, I'm at about 14% filtration level. So it is getting close. You know, anything close to 10% filtration means you're definitely in need of dialysis. But uh, I'm, you know, grinning and bearing it. Let the fatigue um, get past me. I'm working on good exercise routine, good diet routine, and just hoping that uh, I get that phone call before uh, I need any kind of dialysis. Yeah. So I haven't harvested a vein or had any uh, work done on my, what do they call that when you put something in your vein to be prepared? Oh, okay. For it is a fistula. Fistula. That's yeah, right. and what that is, they actually cross a, an artery with a vein. Arteries are <laughs> high pressure. And so because that vein gets needles in it, two needles three times a week, they want to keep that vein from collapsing. So the artery helps to keep that blood pressure up, uh, the pressure in the veins. And um, that way you can have um, dialysis. So that's really important. My fistula doesn't work anymore, but it's really crazy when it does. Mm -hmm. They call it a thrill because you can feel it's the swirling really? of the artery and the vein, the blood in in that cross section. And yeah, it's really interesting. It's, it's interesting, but I'm willfully ignorant. I don't want to know about it. Oh, sorry. I'm just a little <laughs> yeah. Well, you Gives get the shivers. You you get used to it, and the techs are professionals. They're they're trained and. If that happens, I know that transplant docs love doing what is called a preemptive transplant. So the patient mm. doesn't need dialysis. You get transplanted prior to that. And that just results in a better situation. You're healthier. Your body is a little bit stronger than if you were on dialysis for quite some time. Well, I'm grateful for my strength now, and I get a lot of spiritual strength from my family support and got some living donor um, volunteers, so I know that they're uh, possibly going through the routine of being evaluated and prepared if that's a true situation. It's very private, so people that are offering their kidneys for donation have their own private consultations that we don't really hear too much about on our side. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know about this phone call with people expiring and their kidneys being available. That's, you know, a tragic thing to be asking, you know, for. So it's a, it's a very unusual thing. It's an emotional roller coaster. It really is. It really is. And the one thing you need to carry with you, though, is LifeBank works with the donor side. We don't work on the transplant side. We only work with the organ donors. And they hmm. would pass away regardless if they were an organ donor or not. So it's not that they pass away in order to give somebody a heart or a kidney or a liver. I mean, they pass away. And if they make the heroic choice to be an organ donor, that's just something very special. What a fabulous conversation so far. You're listening to Let's Talk About Life with me, Colleen Gerber. And we're going to continue the conversation and be right back. Taking a break from our story for a moment to tell you about a thrilling opportunity. We invite you to take a stand for organ, eye, and tissue donation by going over the edge. That's right. 
Our High in the Sky event is happening again this year on Wednesday, May 24th at the Oswald Center on Superior Avenue. And in case you're wondering, yep, it will be part of the Walnut Wednesday series when food trucks take over Cleveland's Perk Plaza with food for every palate. So much fun and so much yum. If you're interested in having the adventure of a lifetime by rappelling down the side of a 283-foot building, all you need to do is go to lifebank.org and you can learn more right there on our homepage. It will be a fantastic day of friends, music, food, and of course, rappelling. We hope to see you there. Take a stand for Life Bank and you take a stand for life. Now back to our story. That's just something very special. You know, and, and that brings me around to your feelings. What were your feelings about organ donation before you realized you may need one? I've been a very strong advocate of organ donation. It seems to be something that everybody should do if they've got compassion for their fellow man and why not offer up their organs for um, science. However, there's different approaches uh, to that that I might not be privy to. Everybody's got their own uh, perspectives, but I've especially got some uh, heroes in the music industry that talk about their lives being saved from uh, you know, liver transplant. David Crosby um, lived longer lives because of that. And Phil Lesh from The Grateful Dead has a liver that he got from a young man. So at every concert, he stops uh, after his performance and talks about this young man, Cody, that gave him a liver. And he then says, if you guys uh, would be so kind as to become an organ donor, you could save somebody else's life. So I'm of that mind. And uh, I like seeing that little heart on my driver's license that says I'm an organ donor. Give me a sense of pride and um, compassion for all sentient beings. Well, I, I always say that it's the best of humanity, right? You know, somebody passes and their last act on earth is to think about others and give them the gift of life, which is, I mean, not only life-saving, but life-changing. You know, receiving a transplant changes everything. That brings me to my next question. What are your hopes? What do you envision when you think about receiving a kidney transplant? I don't look at it too realistically about the difficulties and the pains. I, I like to wear rainbow colored glasses and just think it's going to be all right. Whatever comes, I can uh, handle it because I've got my spiritual support and my family support. My loved ones are especially helpful. And uh, I have absolute faith in the doctors and the hospitals. I've got all the warnings available um, to be prepared for afterwards. The immunity suppression, the the medications, the risks of being out in the sunshine every once in a while can uh, be uh, dangerous. Actually, you educated me about skin cancer risk yeah. after you get a new kidney. Especially us fair-skinned folk. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to be careful. Yeah, you yep. really do. That sunscreen becomes um, part of you before you go out. Yeah, for sure. You have to take a anti-rejection medication every day yes. to keep your uh, new kidney from not being going rejected. Into a rejection. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason there f- for that is when you get a, somebody else's organs, your body un- 
immediately recognizes that that's not your DNA, that's not part of you. And so your immune system goes to work trying to attack it and get it out of there. I mean, you can think about like a sliver. So if you get a sliver in your hand, your body knows that that shouldn't be there and they start, you know, working on it. It gets swollen, it hurts, you know, to get it out of there. And so the immune suppressants, they do exactly what they sound like. They lower your immune system. And that Hmm. means you're open to all kinds of diseases and infections and that kind of thing. Like we talked about COVID earlier, you're much more Hmm. prone to those kinds of things. It's not terrible. I will tell you that from my situation, it hasn't been awful. And you get so used to (laughs) popping pills. You know, some days for me, if it wasn't that I had to take my pills, I'd forget about my transplant, you know? Right. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. That has to to be a a big issue in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's always on my mind, but at the same time, I don't think, oh, I had a kidney transplant. I take my meds and I go on with my day. And um, Mm. it's kind of amazing that that's where we've gotten in the process. You know, it really is. (laughs) It is. That's true. And I really get a lot of encouragement from people when I um, bring up the topic. Uh, I've had folks in the court tell me about their loved ones that had a kidney transplant or uh, they themselves that have gone through it. And it was uh, especially uh, encouraging to hear that you've got a second kidney transplant. that you've received and they've both been successful. That's really promising. Yeah. You're one of my heroes. Oh, thank you. I've just been so blessed, so blessed. And I appreciate both of my donor heroes. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very special gift. So Brendan, is there anything that I didn't ask that you would want to share? I'm really grateful for this opportunity to share my story with others. I've never had a podcast experience before. I've um, not really been able to express my feelings or my uh, intentions or my goals about it. I like to stay um, positive in the moment. And uh, people prepare me by educating me with things like this. And uh, I've got a great wife and kids and my parents and my siblings and everything's um, really coming up roses when it comes to being supported and knowing that I'm in a good place in life. And I've got a great doctor at the Cleveland Clinic that's going to give me a, a successful transplant. So um, this is just one more step in that direction to share some love and some light. Absolutely. And I would just say, you know, post-transplant, the biggest advice I would give you is just to go along with what the doctors say, you know, and be compliant. Right. And um, a lot of people have lost kidneys because they don't take their meds or, you know, they think that, oh, they feel good. They don't need this or that. And um, yeah, it's just follow the rules and you'll be fine. It's um, here, here. It's, it's a gift. That's what the doctor ordered. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. OK, well, thank you, Brendan, for talking with me. I so appreciate your time and. I can't wait to hear when you get your transplant. We have several friends in common. And so I'm sure somebody will let me know when the big day arrives. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to staying connected with you. Well, I sing praises to Life Bank and I hope that you folks are enjoying uh, this podcast. It's a real uh, neat experience for me to learn about all this information. So blessings to one and all.
We hope you found today's episode informative and inspirational. You know, you can save lives simply by going to lifebanc.org and registering your donation decision. You can catch Let's Talk About Life on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, but you can always find it at lifebank.org. We thank you for listening and we hope you come back next time. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.